Good morning, I'm Duarte Giralino. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. Shemitah Basu is off today, so I'm flying solo. We begin with a look at the presidential candidate's plans to fight the coronavirus. Joe Biden and President Donald Trump have two very different approaches. The president's team recently put out plans for vaccine distribution. USA Today has details. Now, his administration says, if Trump is in the White House, you and everybody else are getting the vaccine for free, though there may be a small charge for Medicare patients. But at a hearing in front of Congress yesterday, Dr. Robert Redfield, who is the director of the CDC, threw some cold water on the idea that a vaccine could be widely available by the fall. If you're asking me, when is it going to be generally available to the American public so we can begin to take advantage of vaccine to get back to our regular life, I think we're probably looking at late second quarter, third quarter, 2021. Dr. Redfield also explicitly stated, even with a vaccine, the best way to prevent transmission is to wear a mask. President Trump was not happy with either of those statements. No, I, I think he made a mistake when he said that. It's just incorrect information. And I called him, and he didn't tell me that. And I think he got the message maybe confused. Maybe it was stated incorrectly. No, we're ready to go. This is only the latest time Trump has been at odds with science. As the Washington Post explains, this mixed messaging characterizes Trump's response to the pandemic. He's assured us his leadership through the crisis has been sound, but close to 200,000 Americans are dead from the virus. The president has continuously called testing, quote, overrated and keeps suggesting he's against testing because more testing equals more cases. Here he is at a town hall meeting this week. Well, we have 20% of the cases because of the fact that we do much more testing. If we wouldn't do testing, you wouldn't have cases. You would have very few cases. That's not the right way to think about it. The act of testing does not increase the rate of infection. It just lets us know how many people are COVID positive. Your risk of contagion goes up if you're around someone who is infected, regardless of whether you know she has the virus. Trump also said this week he never downplayed the virus, that he actually, quote, upplayed it. But he's on tape with Bob Woodward saying the opposite. He's also been inconsistent on mask policies and is holding rallies that go against public health guidance. In a speech yesterday, Joe Biden criticized the president's handling of the pandemic. Biden's accused Trump of politicizing the vaccine and questions whether we can be confident this administration will approve a vaccine based on science and fairly distribute it. So let me be clear. I trust vaccines. I trust scientists. But I don't trust Donald Trump. And at this moment, the American people can't either. And as for his plan, The Washington Post writes, Biden has assembled a, quote, war cabinet in waiting, ready to address the pandemic on day one, if he's elected. His top priorities, creating a distribution system when a vaccine is available, one that is fair and equitable. He's vowed to increase testing and ensure states have whatever supplies they need. And perhaps the most challenging item on his list, he says he'll restore public trust in the federal government's leadership on this issue. Democrats are calling for a federal investigation after a whistleblower at an ICE detention facility in Georgia reported immigrant women are being sterilized without knowledge or consent. 
The Intercept has some of the best in-depth reporting here. It spoke with the whistleblower, Don Wooten. Wooten was a nurse at the privately run Irwin County Detention Center in Georgia. And she tells The Intercept that she estimates a doctor contracted by the facility performed hysterectomies on more than 20 women. She calls the doctor in question, and this is horrifying, a, quote, uterus collector. And the reporters behind the story, Jose Olivares and John Washington, spoke to several detainees about these allegations. Here's Washington on the public radio program, The Takeaway. The women that we spoke to specifically about the hysterectomies did not receive them, but they were told that they needed to receive them. And they didn't understand why. They also told us about a number of other women that did receive them. And nobody explained to them what the procedure was going to be, uh, what exactly it would entail, and and what the results of the procedure would be. The Intercept also reports the whistleblower's complaints go far beyond hysterectomies. She's alleging the facility refuses to test detainees for COVID-19, underreports positive cases, and allows employees to work who test positive for COVID-19 but are asymptomatic. Here's Olivares. And so that's something that also strikes advocates as odd is seeing the disparity in the way ICE is treating gynecological procedures as opposed to other important, also important healthcare uh, situations. ICE has yet to comment on the specific allegations, but in a statement says, quote, anonymous, unproven allegations made without any fact-checkable specifics should be treated with the appropriate skepticism they deserve. As schools get up and running this fall, an alarming trend is emerging. Lower-income students are dropping out or opting out of college altogether. According to the Washington Post, enrollment usually jumps during hard times. That's because people who can't find a job often decide to go to school. But now, the opposite is happening. Census data reveals students from families with annual incomes under $75,000 say they cancel plans to take classes this fall at nearly double the rate of wealthier families. The Washington Post points to some other key data. Fewer high school seniors completed financial aid applications to attend college. Tuition deposits are down nearly 10% among families making less than $60,000 a year. Now, the big fear here is that COVID-19 could lead to a lost generation. Finally, are your teeth hurting? Did you notice something weird happening in your mouth during the pandemic? Local public radio station KCRW reports, since the pandemic began, dentists are seeing a surge in the number of patients with tooth grinding and jaw clenching problems. Recently, a dentist wrote about this in the New York Times and a Washington Post reporter wrote about her own dental woes. So if the stress of figuring out childcare, attempting to sleep soundly, social distancing, and thinking about the upcoming election is weighing on you, according to dentists, you and your teeth, you're not alone. You can find all these stories and more on the Apple News app. I'll talk with you again tomorrow.